but obviously I love what I'm doing. I love, I love my job. You know, I feel very lucky and blessed to be able to do what I like. You know, it's, 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 it's a very, very nice feeling and I mustn't take it for granted. This is the last week liquid podcast. Welcome back everybody to the last week liquid podcast. Hope you're all doing great wherever you are in the world. My name is Simon and I produce drum and bass under the name Mill Street. And today I'm bringing you my chat with Monty. A few quick things as usual before I leave you to the episode. Um, if you haven't yet, please do check out my Patreon. If you want to support this show, you'll get early access to episodes. You'll have the opportunity to ask questions to future guests. You know the drill. I talk about it every week. Um, so if you do want to support the show... Uh, that's last week, Liquid, uh, on Patreon. You should find it quite easily. For this week, shout out to my Liquid Legend supporters, Duncan Winslow, Elliot Talamic, Nathan McKay, and Steve Nelson. Uh, secondly, as always, do check out our YouTube channel. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a, a video uh, ed- video version for this episode, but usually we put out a video uh, format for every episode and we post clips from past episodes as well so if you just google last week liquid podcast on youtube uh, you should be able to find it relatively quickly on to the episode now had a blast uh, chatting with monty really loved uh, this episode uh, i've been a yeah a big fan of his music especially with his latest uh, eps <clears throat> and now uh, his album uh, which he uh, graciously sent to me uh, before uh, this chat um yeah just a big fan of his his own sound that he's found the mix between the liquid tracks that i love the deeper harder hitting tracks the 140 stuff um just a great vers- uh, versatility in his music and so i was really looking forward to this chat um and yeah it really didn't disappoint uh, i really really enjoyed it we talk uh, quite a bit about uh, his album, uh, Hit the Lights, that just came out. Uh, we talk about what it means to be on 1985 and working with Alex Perez. We talk about his potential plans to move to New Zealand. We talk about how he launched his Patreon and got it to 200 plus patrons in just a few months uh, and a lot more. So yeah, really enjoyed this chat. Uh, hope you guys do too listening to it. If you have any thoughts comments whatever uh, as always do feel free to reach out uh, on my socials uh, i answer to pretty much everybody on there and yeah in the meantime thanks a lot for tuning in and i hope you enjoy the show and we're on Welcome, welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Last Week Liquid Podcast. Today, I have the immense pleasure of sitting down with the man of the moment himself, Monty. Monty is a producer and DJ from Toulouse in France, which releases across the likes of Flex Out, Critical, and 1985. At time of recording, his first full-length album, Hit the Lights, will be dropping this Friday on 1985. And by the time you're all listening to this, you should be able to check it out on all platforms. Monty, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey man, how you doing? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, my pleasure, man. Uh, we were just talking a few minutes ago in French and we have to make the mental switch now to English. <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, yeah, you're saying you're from, um, you're from um, Ireland, but you live in Belgium now. Well, no, well, now you live in Ireland, but you've grown up in Belgium. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I rarely get the chance to 
speak French when it's about drum and bass because it's such a English uh, predominant scene. But uh, how, how how is it? Is it easy for you to like make the switch, like speaking French and just switching to English straight away? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I guess so. It depends if there's like a Frenchman and an English person in the same room, and then I could maybe get mixed up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. So how are things been? How are how are things in France at the moment? Uh, things are pretty, pretty. Oh no, things are bad now. So they've just closed <laughs> down all. Um, uh, the minister yesterday was like, "Yeah, we're closing all clubs and venues for." Actually, no, only clubs. So any electronic music for a whole month. It's kind of weird. I, I think see. it's that, or all of the clubs. I'm not sure. So that's kind of shit, to be honest. Um, mm. People are angry about that because obviously like um there's people going christmas shopping in all these malls and stuff and there's l way loads more people than in a, like in a club and stuff so it just doesn't make any sense really so yeah you know it's like whatever the government <laughs> yeah yeah and i was reading a like wh whenever you there somebody posts something on facebook then there's a whole debate in the comments all the time yeah, now exactly. and I, I i was seeing somebody who I don't know, in my opinion, was kind of right. And he was saying like, okay, I think like non-vaccinated people in France were not allowed in clubs since they mm -hmm. reopened like over the summer. So it was only vaccinated people. And now we're still closing down clubs, even though it was only like vaccinated people going to clubs. Yeah. So it was kind of like, yeah, okay, like this doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't make any sense. But oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't no yes it's just one of those everyone has their opinion everyone no one knows even though i'm sure even the government don't even know what they're doing to be honest so mm -hmm. it's like but um but other than that we did open from september and there was a lots of shows and it was nice uh we have this do you know the bikini club in toulouse uh just from your doing research on you i i learned right. about it <laughs> yeah i'm always talking about that club because it's, it's sick it's an amazing club but yeah that opened up in september again and the first drum bass night in ages and that was really really nice so uh, the playground it's called playground mm -hmm. nights and it's called playground because in september that's when all the students come back in ah, okay yeah, yeah. come back into the city and um it's uh, SKS uh, who runs Vandal Records. He runs that night. So yeah, it was just good to to uh, to see everyone. So is that your first uh, like first gig since the whole? Yeah, that COVID was my first gig since uh, well nearly two years basically. Holy shit! Um, I did play a little thing for my friends like in a forest, but <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, nice. That wasn't like official. So yeah. Okay, and how did that how did that event go down the bikini? It was amazing. It was amazing. It was good to see everyone, uh, all the friendly faces, and it's kind of like family over there. It's our second home, you know. Like some most of my best friends, I met them over there from drum and bass, and mm. so yeah, it's just really nice to see everyone. You know, I think we took it for granted because you know everyone. You don't think about it really. You just go out and you're like, oh, this is cool, and never in a million years you'd think, oh fuck, we can never go there for for some time. Mm. Um, because of a virus you know and then it's like oh so yeah, <laughs> yeah. did did you do like some practice runs at home before going back to the club actually i didn't i don't even i don't even own a pair of decks um oh, i well. just i learned on the spot so um i, I had a, i did have a, a controller before um a little pioneer controller that i just used to mess around with so i kind of knew the basics but i didn't know how to beat match and stuff and uh 
I tried once. I practiced once at my. Um, what, uh, do you know Visage? You know Visage. Visage, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, he has a pair of decks, and I, I tried on his, and um, and then yeah, I just when I had to, I just one day I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna play on CDJs and try it, and I don't have a choice anyway because it's just easier to travel, yeah. and uh, yeah, just got the hang of it, and then you know, the more you play, the better you get, I guess. Okay. So, so you never practice at home like that's I, I've never I'm not a DJ so I, I've never uh, besides at home I have my my decks at home but I've never DJed live but I I would never imagine in a million years going out to gig and not having practiced just before I don't know that feels insane to me <laughs> yeah I guess so I guess maybe but no I never never I don't own a pair of decks <laughs> so you, you just mentioned traveling there and Uh, I know you're booked for for New Zealand with uh, yeah. Alex Perez and, and Visage. Um, mm -hmm. That's it. So Alex already lives over there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Been there for like nearly two years now, or something like that. Nearly yeah. With his um, girlfriend, fiance. Um, but yeah, we're gonna join him in uh, four days. So pretty stoked for that with uh, Etienne from Visage. So there's four of them in Visage. Mm. Um, But yeah, I'm going over there with him. It's his first tour. It's going to be my second. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty happy because I'm in love with that country and the people. And mm. and uh, my the, the the second tour got cancelled originally, and that was horrible. And like everyone, every people show everyone got shows cancelled. You know, when the COVID came and the lockdown. Yeah. So, uh, but yes, yeah, so I'm pretty happy to go over there. Hopefully, there'll be no problems on the way there. Yeah, I I, I was going to ask. I was scared to ask. Like, is the tour? still happening like i don't want to jinx it or anything <laughs> yeah yeah it's still happening everything's confirmed everything's announced and there might be some extra shows um oh, shit. when we get over there so yeah it's cool 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 so yeah that will be the i guess the well not not the first time playing your tunes live obviously but the first time since the album is is out that you'll be yeah playing actually so no i've been playing some i be, i did a uk run in october Mm -hmm. I did like London, I did Manchester, I did Leeds, uh, Sheffield, a couple of others. I did uh, Belgium. I went to Star Wars in, mm, in, yeah. in Ghent, in Gaul. That was sick. So I have played them out quite a bit. So I'm pretty happy. And in Spain uh, the other week. Uh, but yeah, not in New Zealand. So and, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of like, if you, if you look at like, um, um, I mean, a lot of people who do listen to my stuff are actually from New Zealand, so okay. it's going to be pretty. I hope it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So you you already excited. have a fan base down there. Yeah, th from from what I see and hear and stuff. Yeah, and I I do have a Patreon and also give one on one sessions, lessons, yeah. and uh, a lot of people from New Zealand. Funny enough, so mm. it's cool. Do you think that's the Alex Perez connection in some way? Uh, it was before, to be honest. Uh, okay. I think, and the just New Zealand have a big drum and bass scene. They've always have had a big drum and bass scene, but obviously the spotlight's been on them um, when COVID hit all around mm. the world because they were still allowed to yeah, yeah. shows and stuff. <laughs> so it's funny when people are like, "Oh yeah, drum bass in New Zealand's new." No, it's not. It's been around for ages, like just like in the UK, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I, um, I read somewhere that you. You were talking a few years back, or I don't know when it was, of, about moving to New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, is that still like a plan or a dream of yours? Yeah, yeah. So hopefully next year in November. Oh, wow. Um, it's still planned. So just I'm just going to see. I'm just 
kind of following the vibe at the moment, following the so how do you surfing the wave? Is that an expression yeah, yeah. in English? I know it is in French, um Sophie la vague, but yeah. um yeah, we see I'm just uh playing at the moment. I like traveling, so I'm just going trying to I'm lucky enough to be able to like work from home. So as soon as I can travel, I like to travel also and do shows and um but yeah in the meantime before going to New Zealand I want to visit South America. Mm. Uh, I got some friends over there and uh so yeah should be cool. Nice. Um, so yeah, yeah sorry go ahead. You go ahead. No no I was just going to ask you so what what attracts you with New Zealand because it's such it's probably the furthest you could get pretty much from like Europe and I guess most of your <laughs> friends and family now are based in Europe so <laughs> yeah. like what attracts you? Um, I think it was just, um, I mean, there's some, I don't know. I'm not sure. There's just something in the air over there. First of all, like the music, the culture, the people are very, 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 very kind and nice. And it's just, it feels, well, from when I went there, and I mean, I didn't stay long, but from what I experienced, it was very laid back. And then I didn't feel stressed at all, like compared to like <laughs> France or <laughs> UK, where it's just like people are just like in a rush all the time and, But maybe I'm wrong, you know. I, maybe I didn't stay there long enough. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. The the landscapes, obviously. Um, I'm a big fan of Lord of the Rings as well. So ah, I was yeah. like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, so and hopefully when we go there this time, I'm going to get to visit the Hobbington place. So it's like you know where they filmed the movie sets and the Hobbits and stuff. Okay. So yeah, I'm gonna. I hit Alex up uh, yesterday. I was like, hey, do you want to go there? it's like and you said yeah sure it's like a two-hour drive that we can do that so hopefully that's gonna oh, nice go down and i'll be like in my happy place <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're a big lord of the rings fan yeah i mean fan i mean to be honest i haven't read the books but i've i know the lore and the stories and and the films and stuff and i've got friends who love it as well and we always talk about it we're kind of nerds on that i, have mm. po I even have a poster and just like the games and yeah I, I like the whole world i think it's pretty impressive uh especially like the hot it's just i don't know you've got to have a crazy imagination to to um, to make all of that world you know the guy even made like a elfic language you know it's crazy mm. like i made a language in the story that you can actually learn today if you want to learn it you can go to special school <laughs> it's funny Jesus. but yeah anyway i won't get into that <laughs> no no we can it's fine we don't have to stick to music i remember i way way back i started reading the first book mm -hmm. and it's so dense like the first i don't know like 100 pages are just like the history of like different families and who's the uncle of who and like yeah. this whole like family tree of different it, uh, it's crazy it's so detailed yeah it's crazy it is yeah. a bit And that's why maybe I haven't read them. Everyone told me they're like really hard books to read. Yeah. And I don't read often. So I should do. I should just one day pick it up and say, let's go. Um, because it's a different way of seeing and reading things. You know, using your imagination is a, yeah. completely different than watching a movie, isn't it? So Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, w I was, when I think back also to just to stay on Lord of the Rings for a second. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um in a lot of ways, it paved kind of the way for these big, like, big budget fantasy movies and series and stuff. Like, I don't know if, like, for example, Game of Thrones would have worked that uh, as well if there hadn't been, like, Lord of the Rings to kind of pave the way, even though it's completely different, but you get yeah. the idea. 
Definitely. I'm actually watching that at the moment. Uh, I never watched it before. Okay. Um, and I'm on like, I'm only on season two, I think now. Uh, I need to start watching it again. But yeah, I do enjoy it as well. That's quite a, it's a good one. I think yeah. it's cool. How, how um, did you manage to not get like spoiled? Because it's, it was so omnipresent when it was happening. Uh, I, true. I don't know. I, I, because I wasn't following it, I didn't. I don't know. I just didn't stumble upon anything, or, or maybe I had friends who were talking about it. But knowing me, I don't remember now. So, mm. but yeah. yeah. Have you watched it? Uh, yeah, I, I watched it when it was coming out, and then I stopped <laughs> at season three or four, I think. Okay. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed it, but my, my friends. I always make fun of me afterwards because basically I stopped because I felt it was becoming like too violent and mm-hmm. kind of like violence just for the sake of being violent and just shocking for the sake of being shocking, really? you know? Okay. And it wasn't, I don't know, sometimes like there's some pretty heavy stuff that happened down the line and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, I didn't feel like it was adding much to the story. It was more like <clears throat> real shock value. And uh, after a time I was like, yeah, I'm not really enjoying this anymore. So, and which actually helped because I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to spoil anything, but the last season is like hotly debated still today. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> so I've kind of avoided that whole debate of being like super emotionally attached to the series and then being disappointed or whatever. So. <laughs> okay. Cool. 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 Yeah, I've heard a lot of people saying either just it's fifty-fifty good or it was bad. So yeah, yeah. I have to see for myself. <laughs> yeah, you still have plenty, plenty to watch if you're just on season two. But uh, yeah, no, it is it, obviously it's, it's an amazing show, like character-wise and yeah. uh, special effects and everything. It's 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 quite amazing. Definitely. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, Switch it back to drum and bass for a minute, because uh, sure. I'm sure that's what <laughs> people do want to to of hear course. about. Um, so yeah, your album is dropping in two days. Um, mm-hmm. as Actually, we're... for my birthday. Oh really? Yeah, I'm gonna be 28. <laughs> oh shit! Happy birthday, man! Thanks. thanks. <laughs> was that a was that planned or? Actually, no, just coincidence. It was actually it was going to be for the 6th, and then they were like, oh, sorry, we've got to put it to the 10th. I was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's a proper so, celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So going to maybe celebrate a tiny bit. Uh, is it Friday? Yeah, Friday. Because Well, Saturday I'm going to New Zealand, so I don't want to be too, like, ugh, hungover Jet-lagged, or anything. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we'll see. But, yeah, sorry, you were saying? No, no, so just, yeah, obviously first album dropping. How are you... How are you feeling like just a few days before? Are you <coughs> tense, excited, a mix? Uh, I'm pretty chilled, to be honest. Um, I feel like um, it's doing good. Um, and I'm just happy it's out there now because um, a whole album takes a long time. It takes a long time to to prepare uh, both sides, both like 1985 side and my side and getting collabs ready and just picking the tracks. Um, but yeah, I'm happy it's out there now, um, soon, <laughs> uh, but the singles are out. So like by being hardware, cinnamon, star Z and dreamer, and I've had good feedback and I get, and had nice, nice messages from people. So that makes me happy, obviously. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty chill. I'm just excited it f- to, for it to be out and, and play the tracks, um, at the, these new shows. Mm. 
How, how long was it? Uh, did you finish it a long time ago, or was it quite a quick process to, to so, get it? So, well, true. I'm saying that it takes a long time, but I it did take kind of quick, I guess. But I mean, it was longer than the EP. Uh, yeah, because an EP. Oh yeah, but uh, the album took me like six months to write. Okay. Uh, and it went pretty smoothly. Um, I think I sent Alex in total like 20 tracks, maybe. Um, but it was easy. I would just send a track, easy as in for, um, an easy process where I would send a track. He would be like, yes or no. So that's it. Yeah, so, yeah. Yes. Okay. I'll do another one. Yes. Okay. I'll do another one. No. Okay. I'll do another one. Yes. <clears throat> and then we just had a bunch of tracks. And um, Alex is good of <clears throat> like hearing what would sound uh good for an album as in like a whole thing and um like i didn't want to do just a drum and bass album i love drum and bass but i like all electronic um genres of music and i didn't want to i wanted to make an album something more you can listen to in the train and like when you walk and stuff and not mm. just dance floor um dance floor uh, album um music so that's why it's kind of it is pretty chill there's a lot of chill tracks and lots of different tempos and yeah i just wanted to show um what i could do in different tempos and what i like to do yeah and also it's i'm also kind of promoting that i don't want to just be a drum and bass known as a drum and bass artist i want to do all tempos a bit like yeah. um like what emanu's doing and yeah. other people where they're playing multi-genre like tice from noise where they're playing multi-genre sets and yes it can disappoint some people because they're expecting you to play drum and bass from what they know you for but you know i want to evolve and do stuff i'm happy and love that's why i'm playing different tempos in my set so mm. it does happen where i get to shows and i play with some 140 or some halftime and people just look at you like okay what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you kind of get that you gotta i feel like for me it's important to push that because you know the new people who arrive in the scene will kind of exp um you know if they have an open mind they can like discover new genres and new tempos and and i wish um I wish like um, shows were were like multi-genre and not just drum and bass, you know? Mm. Um, you do get that in some shows, but yeah. Or do a, like a, a label night and like, for example, 1985 is not just drum and bass now because everyone's doing 140 and yeah. other tempos and stuff. So that's, I guess that's what I like about 1985 uh, events is that there's a whole spectrum of bass music. Obviously, 60%, 70% of it is drum and bass, mm. but we are pushing, especially the 140 stuff now. And um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. What's the what's the reaction generally when you're when you're playing in in the UK, for example, and you start dropping a one forty tune or halftime tune or one sixty, like something a bit slower? What's usually the reaction? Uh, it depends on the show. It honestly depends. Like it depends on the show, on the place, on the, the how few people are feeling. But usually it goes down really well, especially in the UK. Okay. Um, and especially if it's 1985 nights, because you know they come, they know why they're there. They come for the music. They come for the artists. You know, like people even know the even know the tracks that you haven't even released, and even tracks that you've just exported from your computer, and somehow they know the, the name of it. And then I'm like, 
it's like they come up to you like oh you're gonna play this tonight i'm like how do you know i have that how do you know that i made that you know and it's just people obviously who talk with each other and you know you have real serious diggers that dig music and look for like dubs and stuff like that and it's just yeah it's, it's crazy but yeah it goes down good um yeah i yeah i, I really like 140 and trying to push that sound to or our sound to america where in america it's massive at the moment like all the dubstep and it's, it's yeah. always been pretty big in there but now it's like the the, the i guess the deeper more minimal side of 140 dubstep there is uh is getting is exploding like with tanyan sound and stuff like that mm. um Ceruda and oh and loads of others yeah yeah, yeah just reflecting on that uh the fact that at what 985 shows people come up to you and like no tracks that are just just gone online i i feel like 1985 is one of those labels a bit like the in my mind they're a bit like the north quarter as well where they have very dedicated Fans. fan bases definitely uh i don't yeah do you feel the same way about, about yeah that? yeah and you can see you can see as well like everyone has a, at least a piece of merch at the <laughs> show like there's a 1980 like it doesn't matter which one like there's someone has a piece of 1985 merch and and yeah and just people you can just feel it it's something you feel you know that they come for the, the show and the artist playing so yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's a nice feeling i mean alex has done a great job with his label yeah can't deny that um it, it looks good it has a theme you know and it's very i don't know for me it's kind of uh what's the word is it classy kind of classy yeah, yeah. professional um, and yeah. um professional and uh, what's the word um smart mm. it feels smart <laughs> yeah yeah Definitely, it looks yeah. smart not feels smart it looks smart so yeah 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 i was curious also just talking about alex um because obviously your album is is quite varied as you said there's a lot of different styles and even within drone bass it's quite varied as well how much uh how much of an influence did did alex have in in like the tracks cuz when i heard the album the first time I, it kind of felt to me like he might have pushed you like towards okay do a bit more of 140 and do a bit more of that cuz obviously he's also known for kind of pushing the boundaries so how much like involvement did he did right he get? actually none at all um yeah. i did everything at my own will and he literally just said yes or no and that's it and i'm while i was making it i kind of knew what needed to be added like mm. uh, after i did two kind of more dance floor tracks i was like okay i just want to chill now and do some more more soulful liquidy stuff um it, it came naturally and i i don't know i just yeah he 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 maybe a couple of times he was like yeah maybe maybe do one of those now but he didn't force anything onto me or mm. um what's the word you just used um yeah like he didn't influence the direction yeah, he didn't influence tracks. so that okay. was that was cool um yeah. I, I was pretty free on it so that was yeah it was nice sometimes i do send him tracks he's like nah it's a bit too hard for the label and, and this time he was just like yeah that's i like it let's <laughs> do it so i was pretty happy about that yeah um so yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's amazing to hear you say that because the album as a whole for me felt like the encapsulation of what 1985 is uh, mm -hmm. in terms of the sound and in terms of uh different styles and all of that and so it's surprising, but in a good way to hear that it's not like Alex pushing a certain sound for his yes. label and it's mm -hmm. just you 
doing the music you love and it just happens to really fit with yeah the label <laughs> definitely and i think the label has also carved my sound you know like mm. on the first release i remember on like before you know when i was starting producing i was kind of looking for what i like to do i wasn't sure i was just releasing here and then it just didn't feel natural but i was happy to get music out and then when i started uh, releasing music on 1985 i remember that first ep all of that ep was just i just felt really natural to to make i didn't I wasn't trying to make stuff like other artists. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to be me and see what happens. And lucky enough, Alex uh, really liked it. So mm. I've just stick to that label ever since. So, yeah. yeah. Probably, like, I should have asked this first, but, like, just taking a step back, how did the just the idea <clears throat> for an album came about? Because I, if I'm not mistaken, you're the first album on 1985. Uh <clears throat> besides yeah. besides VAs and, and stuff like that. So uh, how did the ID, I guess, come about to, okay, like, let's do an album, it's time? Um, well, I guess the, Alex did do like an eight track, but it's not like an album, is mm. it? But yeah, I guess I'm the first person, I, I mean, I am first person to do an album. Um, I don't know, it's just like, you know, you're a musician and people bring out albums. So I was just like, I want to do an album. Mm. Um, I thought I, want, I wanted to do the album after my third EP and I was starting it and I was like, okay, I'm not ready yet. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna do another EP. And then I thought I was gonna do my albums. And I, I was, I brought out, um, what was it? Uh, Hello, um, Blinded EP. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, now I'm gonna do the album. And then I was like, okay, I'm still not ready. <laughs> I'm still not ready for this. So then I did Fade EP. And yeah. then I was like, Okay, now I'm ready for this. So it took me, yeah, one, two, I don't even, I think six, how many, uh, I don't even remember. A handful, yeah, five or something on 1985 at I'm least. I'm going to look two seconds. I've got, yeah, there's uh, there's one, two, three, four, five. Wow, six. Six. There's six. So yeah, six EPs plus some singles. And yeah, so it took me six EPs to finally decide I want to do an album. Because yeah. um, just simple reason, I just felt my music, st- I still needed, I wanted to step up, you know, I wanted to evolve and just, yeah, and just be more comfortable with when I was making music. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even from this album now, I've learned so much more and i feel like oh man i could i want to do another one now you know and like from all these <laughs> these new techniques i've learned and from my ear that has constantly evolving and changing you know but it's always like that you know you make an ep and then your next one doesn't necessarily mean it'd be better but you feel that you can do better because like when you're producing like the mix downs and you just hear things you didn't hear before and you learn things that you didn't know before. So yeah. it may be in a technical way, you're sat, you sound better, but, um, but in a composition way, maybe not, you know? Yeah. So when you say that you, in the, those previous EPs that you, you started writing an album and you just didn't feel ready, was that purely from a technical just aspect of not being able to, achieve the sounds that you yeah. wanted or was it yeah, also like I guess, mentally or yeah i guess so like both like i felt like my i, I mean i'm uh, it wasn't strong enough for an album for me you know i was mm. hearing other artists and i i felt i know i feel like i know when it 
how do you say that it's just not strong enough for yeah. for for an album or whatever and i felt this time was a bit stronger my music so i was like okay i'll, I'll try it now um mm. so yeah mm. and how did that go down with with alex like did so you came and said okay now i'm ready for an album and he was yeah. like game straight away yeah he was like yeah let's go <laughs> <laughs> he was like i think it's i think he said he, he said i think you're ready now and uh And it was COVID time, so I was like, I'm going to write an album. You know, I'm not playing any shows. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, when this album comes out, we'll be playing shows again. And that is the case. So we kind of planned it pretty well. Yeah. Uh, well, not planned it. It was just okay, at the right time. Um, but yeah, yeah. I did it all in my bedroom. I don't have a studio. I'm still a bedroom producer. Oh, nice. I've been a bedroom producer for since I've started. I should maybe upgrade now and upgrade <laughs> my 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 bloody my um my speakers and stuff. I only have a, like a MIDI keyboard and and that's it. <laughs> yeah, know. well, I don't know. I always feel it's very inspiring when you hear an album or EPs or whatever from musicians you look up to, and then you realize actually it's all done in their bedroom with no hardware. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I would love, I would love a studio, you know, with super fancy, expensive equipment, but that won't make you a better musician. You know, mm. it's, it's you, you'll have your doors will open up, and you'll have loads of things to play with, and certain sounds that you won't achieve in a, in a like in a software like Ableton. And um, but yeah, it won't make you a, a, a good musician. I know. I, I mean, like it's funny when you see people that just have spent thousands and thousands and thousands on on hardware and on equipment and stuff but they just they don't know the basics of like their software and stuff and it's like i get it but and, and i know you want to just have fun but if you're taking it seriously maybe just like first of all make a track in ableton and then maybe like invest yeah obviously in some hardware and stuff but whatever i mean it's whatever makes people happy yeah um, I just, I just, I don't know, I'd be, I, f I would feel bugged out if I bought a load of um, instruments and equipment and like it didn't get me anywhere or like I, if I was taking it seriously and it, and it didn't, do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's no, not definitely. the equipment that's going to make you yeah. good. It's, it's literally just working every day and training and training your ears. Yeah. A bit like photography or anything, anything artistic, you know, it's like, yeah, you can have the the most amazing camera and stuff, but if you don't know how to make something look artistic, I guess, not, no, that's subjective, but you, do you know what I mean? It's no, no, absolutely. It, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the uh, equipment that kind of does you, the stuff. You can give me the most expensive camera in the world. I'd have no idea how to actually take a proper shot with the proper yeah. lighting and the yeah. right time of day and the right angle and all that stuff uh, i'm a total newbie in f photography so yeah <laughs> but you get what i mean i guess like anything even drawing anything really it's just like, yeah yeah, but yeah absolutely so yeah but I, i'm gonna invest soon i i said to myself i'm gonna get definitely gonna buy a moog a moog okay so <laughs> okay, i don't nice. know when but i will yeah yeah Just uh, yes, yeah, staying on the album for for another minute. Um, what was the inspiration for having all of the tracks flow into into each other? Because I think that's a really nice touch, and I I love when albums have a bit of a Sorry. yeah, uh, like a, a higher concept and an intro and outro, and they flow together and stuff like that. Um, yeah. 
So I just wanted, yeah, just do the kind of classic album format intro. I, I didn't do the interlude, though. I yeah, like I was it. missing an interlude, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't actually. I just thought of that right now. It's funny. I didn't know why I didn't put an interlude. Um, but I guess like the interludes, what made up for the interludes is the actual outros that transition into the next tracks. Because when you take all those uh, outros that are quite long sometimes um, and you piece them all together, that would actually make an, enough time for an interlude. But mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just the classic format. When when I was young, I used to, or even now, when I listen to albums, and I'm just like, oh, this is cool. It has a story to it, and like, all the little details and stuff. And yeah, I just wanted to do that format, even though we don't consume music the same way as we do before. You know, especially with Spotify, and it's just like it's just very different now, isn't it? But I still mm-hmm. wanted to keep that original format, and um, I want people. I think people should deep listen more and take the time to listen to music. Not like, I guess people do it in the train, in their cars and what they walk. But sometimes like when was the last, not everyone does this, but when a lot of people um, should like maybe, you know, just sit on their bed, put a pair of headphones on and just listen. Like if they're watching a movie, just listen to a whole format and an album. And um, I feel that's kind of, like not as many people do that anymore, you know. Yeah. People just listen quickly on their speakers or on whatever, and so it's different. Yeah. It's the kind of the world we live in where you have to be like productive all the time and doing exactly. something and being active, and uh, sometimes feels like if you just sit down to listen to music, you're not doing something, and you should be doing something. Yeah, exactly. That's it. When sometimes people listen to music. They feel like you need to be doing something. No, you're just listening to music. Yeah. Listen to it. <laughs> that so is I something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it is you are doing something. But yeah, I kind of wanted to keep that original format and just and for the people who do deep listen, they that they'll enjoy uh, hopefully what I made, you know? Yeah. But yeah, but then I totally understand people who don't. It's it's just whatever, you know. Sometimes people just get an album and I, even I do it sometimes, just listen to the tracks, skip it. Do I like it? Okay, I'll listen to it again, you know. And sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm like, okay, I feel like in this album there's some track there's tracks I like, then I'll listen to the whole thing because sometimes, you know, I, I don't deep listen either all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from when I'm traveling, when I'm traveling on the train and stuff like that, I do I do like to just yeah. put a put an album on and just like listen from zero from the start to finish. Same with EPs. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And something I enjoyed with with your album, listening it, uh, listening to it from start to finish, and because it has those connections between songs, mm-hmm. I wasn't always sure when the song had changed because right. because you have you have the breakdowns in the middle of the song, yeah, and then you have like almost like another breakdown and then another part, and some songs it's obvious, yeah. but other songs I was like, wait, did he? is that another track now or is it just a breakdown it, it continues and i don't know that's just something that was new to me and that i kind of enjoyed where it's like well that's it doesn't really matter if it's a new track or not it's just a continuation yeah exactly yeah that's yeah. what i tried to do a continuation so i did all these transitions uh, once i finished all the tracks then i did all the transitions uh mm. because that was the easiest way of doing it so uh kind it was pretty hard to do because i never did it before yeah and took some time but i've there's only one track i think there's no transition um i forgot why i didn't put it but um yeah you, all of them are pretty much trans so did did you what did you play it on did you play it on a player yeah so i actually first i put it on a vlc 
Yeah, and the two gapless. Uh, no, VL, VLC was creating these tiny gaps, and I was like, I'm missing the the experience the here. Yes. So, so I actually put them in a Windows Media Player, and oh, then, okay. and, and yeah, which I haven't used in like 17 years. Oh, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> and and it works in in Windows Media Player. It it was just seamless. That's so, cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah a yeah. VLC. I don't know why, and everyone's been asking for it for years. Where is the gapless? Uh, yeah, playing? it's it's stupid. <laughs> I know Spotify do it, and people listen to music on Spotify, so I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, yeah. So they'll get the gapless thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I want to switch just quickly to uh, to another topic, um, yeah. and that's because you mentioned it earlier. It's your your Patreon. Um, there's been a uh, a lot of artists launching patreons during covid to yeah finance. Ju- yeah finance or just to start teaching because they wanted mm-hmm. to do it or different stuff like that your patreon has been quite successful uh for something that you launched in june you have i think it was in june you have more than 200 patrons today yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of insane <laughs> yeah so yeah tell me a bit about that launch and how how you grew it um, so at the beginning, uh, when COVID hit, obviously there was no shows and I live off shows because you don't live off, um, road, well, music, unfortunately, unless you're pretty big, you know, Spotify mm. does not pay at all very mm. good. And I, I just, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do, um, start teaching. I saw everyone was launching Patreons and I was like, oh, if I launch a Patreon, now i feel like it was i was just going to get in the middle of everyone launching patreon so i wanted to offer something different um and one-on-one sessions so the one-on-one sessions would is basically uh people from all around the world um contacted me so that was pretty surprising like literally america canada everywhere every everywhere and um these sessions were based on what people want to learn so i'll be like hey what do you want to know write down some questions and we can go through exactly what you want to know and from there I can develop and maybe show you new things that weren't in your questions and that worked really well um apart from the first couple of sessions because I downloaded zoom and back then zoom wasn't as updated as now with like um how like the quality of the music and like um, now they have like this the option inside it's for actually music producers so it's high okay. fidelity music mode and stuff like that so it's all much easier now but the beginning the first ones are a bit like not very organized and there was a lot of problems with mac compatibility so but there was we found ways around it and after they updated everything you know, it went really smooth um so <clears throat> after that uh, i think uh, yeah i just decided to do a patreon basically because um i just i yeah i just thought it was the time in June because I was doing these sessions and also I was getting less sessions because I had loads in one go and then it was like literally every day for like four months I had sessions 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 I was like wow okay this is crazy yeah and then it's kind of slowly died and then it was like one or two or three or four a week um but it was still I was still getting um the right enough uh, the right amount of money to be able to pay rent and mm. and eat and stuff so that's cool and then uh and then you know, i was like yeah okay i want to i want a kind of regular income now because i'm having no shows and uh, patreon was the, was the way to do it so i launched it and then it was pretty it was new to me so i wasn't sure exactly 
how to do it but i just literally asked people i was like hey how am i doing anything wrong can you give me some <laughs> feedback i was like literally saying what do you guys want to see what do you want i was just want to do what people mm. kind of want um except for the tutorials i mean i kind of kind of give them the option sometimes but i want to keep that surprise mm. but um but I'm like, hey, what, which track breakdown do you want me to do? And everyone's like, Untitled Malware, Untitled Malware from Alex and yeah. myself. And so I was like, okay, well, if everyone wants that, well, once we hit 200 patrons, I will drop that, you know? And yeah. and the, I do it kind of differently. I refresh my content every 15th of the month. Okay. And because I want these drops to feel very exclusive to people who get them, and you know anyone could just come in like after six months or 10 months or 12 months and just grab every pack for just 10 euro for 10 euros mm -hmm. why is that i don't feel that's fair for the people who pay every yeah. month you know so i was like nah i'm not going to do that um so some people don't agree some people don't um but i will drop these packs after one year of patreon i'll put them on a i'll put them on a like where you can just buy them basically but for mm -hmm. a whole year i want people that are following my patreon to feel like okay i've got something valuable here that people don't other people don't have and you know i'm not stopping people from sharing each other's packs but like if it's kind of exclusive you kind of don't want to share it do you know what yeah. i mean so it's like I, for the moment it's working that way and i want to keep it that way yeah. uh so yeah yeah and it's your patreon so you do whatever you want yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, yeah. It, it works that way um so yeah, yeah. And I do always do the same format. It's like kicks, snares, hats, pads, atmospheres, racks, effects, and synths. And each of those categories have five samples that I take oh, a lot of time to make. And they are never used in any of my tracks. Oh, okay, so it's not just exporting from previous tracks. No, no, maybe one, like one sub, uh, one base from the Entitled Malware um, track, mm. but usually they they're made from scratch and i only use them after once they've been released so okay. i it, uh, for example um i release the pack and then i might use them you know but mm. usually i don't i just make new ones for myself yeah yeah, so, yeah. okay so that might <clears throat> like just explain then the success <laughs> of the patreon like the, just the, the amount of time that must take and the dedication towards it is probably yeah. what attracts people Maybe I really enjoy it. I love it. I love teaching. I love, yeah. I love, I, I didn't know at the beginning. I was like, Oh, am I going to like this? Or am I any good at this? And it's just like grown on me. And I just really, really like it. I'm not the best teacher, but I've had good feedback and I really enjoy it. I like meeting people. I've met, I've met loads of people that I actually met in real life now, you know, it's crazy. Okay. Like from the other side of the world that actually came to Europe and like, we've met up and it's like crazy, you know, like all yeah. from teaching and DMB connection. Like I met up with a friend who comes from Venezuela and I've been teaching her uh, drum and bass and she came to Europe with her sister and we like, we met up there and it's just like, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Mm. Lots of fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Teaching isn't for everybody. Like not the, <clears throat> sorry, not the best producers aren't always the best teachers, yeah, vice versa. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you enjoy it, usually it kind of shows and th that's the best way to teach is when you actually enjoy it as well. Yeah, like everything. And, by, and by teaching yourself, you really, because you're um, saying the same stuff over and over again, well, you kind of finally master what you're 
teaching, you know by heart what that does and you teach yourself by doing it. And people, other people have taught me loads of stuff as well, you know, like mm. vice versa. So that's really nice. So it's just a big bonus uh, for me for teaching is teaching, but also get a load of knowledge back, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Cool. Um, <clears throat> just staying on, staying on Patreon and uh, I'm going to slowly close with this because uh, I'm going to let you go. Um, but uh, I've had a, a few questions from from my own Patreon for the the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, so for from people following this this podcast on Patreon, so just gonna shoot them shoot them your way to to close this off. Um, Nate uh, asks, uh, "How did you end up living in Toulouse?" That might be a long story. <laughs> How did I end up? Uh, I moved to France when I was five years old. Um, I grew up in a place called Pilarroc. And that's one hour from Toulouse. I'll just say the whole story. Uh, and mm. then I grew up there, went to secondary school, went to... And then after secondary school, around 16, I went back to England. I wanted to learn music. And music over here, the government doesn't really support it unless you do private schools and stuff mm. like that. Uh, in England, it's kind of when you go to college, you kind of choose... You can choose subjects like music production and music... Uh, Uh, history and whatever so I did that over there but I didn't enjoy the place where I was staying so I moved back to France and then didn't really do anything for like five years and then started going out to Toulouse to the Bikini Club that's mm. where I discovered drum and bass basically um, and uh, and then uh, yeah I just met friends here and because it's the closest biggest city from where I used to live mm. uh, with my mother um um, I just ended up here basically. So I was living at my mother's for until I was 23. Um, I was on and off, like in Toulouse, to sleep in at people's places, staying months on, on people's couches and stuff, and uh, <laughs> trying to make music with my with my friends. And uh, because it was a different like rhythm, they were working, and I was not at my place. I didn't have my own space. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna." Mm go back to my mum's place and quit my job that I had and just focus on music from like uh, eight in the morning till midnight, basically, nice. until something happens. And that's what happened. And, and I was starting to get shows. And once I got loads of shows, I mean, off shows often enough to pay rent, I was like, okay, I'm ready to move to Toulouse and mm -hmm. uh, get a flat and pay my rent with shows. And, and that's good that way because now it's forced me to make sure I make music and get shows otherwise you know I can't pay rent but yeah. obviously I love what I'm doing I love I love my job you know I feel very lucky and blessed to be able to do what I like you know it's it's it's, it's a very very nice feeling and I mustn't take it for granted so this is how I ended up in Toulouse mm. I live with two other people <laughs> yeah that actually ties into another question from uh, Harry Uh, which was like a weird personal question, but it must, must have some reason. But he was asking, who are some of your roommates and neighbors? Because I think they're producers. Did they become roommates because of production? Or was it more of, uh, or did they get into production because of that connection? Right. Uh, so, the, um, no, so the my neighbors are kind of, when I say neighbors, we all live ne near each other, like uh, Charlie's Trail. So mm -hmm. oh, yeah, Trail, he lives the other side of the bridge and we make a lot of music together. We hang out a lot. He's like my running buddy. We always run together <laughs> and yeah. just talk a load of random shit all the time about life and space and aliens and stuff. Nice. Um, so that's him. And then the Visage guys, they all live in Toulouse. So we link up quite a lot. Uh, my flatmate is called uh, Brice. 
he's a computer wizard okay and he's helped me a lot in like teaching me things about computers and fixing problems and building computers so that's for me also important in music production is to know your workstation you know mm. understand why there's bugs and try and fix them you know and the more you do that the better you get so you don't have to send your computer to like a, a pc guy and pay a load of money you know um yeah. and i'm also lucky to have him so when something's wrong with my pc and i can't fix it i ask him and he teaches me as well mm. and um and also my girlfriend lives with me now <laughs> okay so uh, so <laughs> she's just moved in so there's three of us and uh, yeah it's fun it's cool yeah is she into production or djing or anything like that uh she wants to dj she wants to learn dj she loves bass music um her name's eva she actually sings on my album eva mango oh is that her that's so cool yeah yeah so which which actually just reminds me i love the intro to that song where you just ask her can you sing that note just a little higher or something like that i love that you left that in Cool. yeah yeah that was funny we did that in my bedroom here now um on this i actually have the same mic as you i'm speaking into the same mic and oh yeah the road nt1a classic. yeah that's it and we did it in here <laughs> in my bedroom and there's a load of fucking reverb and delay and oh it was a kind of a bit of a nightmare to record but i just yeah we figured it out and um it was fun nice. she likes yeah, to sing around the flat and i was like hey do you want to sing on a track and i felt like this track suited her voice and uh yeah, I was like, just sing the melody, but let's just change the words, and, and there we go. Yeah, yeah, no, it worked worked out really well. I really enjoyed Ooh. that track. Thanks. Um, last question just here from from Nate. Um, kind of ties into what you were talking about uh, quitting your job, but he's asking, um, how did you support yourself financially while working on production uh, or on your production journey? or any random jobs you had to support yourself as an artist? Right. So it was pretty tricky while writing music. Uh, I was lucky to go back to my mum's that owns the house. And um, I had a part-time job uh, working at a restaurant like on the weekends. So all the money I did have from that earning from that restaurant, I would give to my mum because obviously I want to pay my way. And uh, so I didn't go out much. I didn't really have much money and uh so yeah it was kind of a struggle a big struggle for a long time i mean i'm not gonna i mean i ate every day Mm. i had food on the table you know i had somewhere to sleep so i can't complain but i couldn't like you know get my own place or just do the things that all my other friends were doing um so yeah i had a like i just worked in a restaurant as a waiter Mm. (laughs) and then uh, yeah and then i did work in a hospital as well cleaning uh, patients rooms so like healthcare yeah but I did not like that and I was so no. bad at it I was so bad <laughs> oh my god that, that's why they didn't take me on again because I was just so shit at it. How, how, how can you be bad at just cleaning stuff so it was things like <laughs> getting um uh, it's things like I had to give the right meals to the right people but it was all just very confusing I wasn't very I had kind of social anxiety back then yeah and I never had it was my first proper kind of job and I was very very I was like 20 and I was very stressed about it I was like I'm not good with people and oh it was just horrible I remember so now I mean I would be fine because I've grown up and like I'm I'm better much better with people and even talking with people back then it was like a fucking mission for me because it was just very scary and i was just bad at it so i'd mix up all the meals and like some ha- people had certain dietaries 
and I would give them the wrong things and I was just like, oh, fuck. People would just... randomly die. and No, no, not to, <laughs> not to that extent. But yeah, it was it was, was not for me, though. I got my first paycheck. I was like, yeah, sick. Yeah. And uh, But I just blew it all on going out to the bikini club. So. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's important to know what you're like naturally good at and where you fit in and stuff like that. And Yeah, uh, exactly. And music, I mean music i've been playing guitar i brought up in a musical family who my brother plays drums amazing drummer my dad used to play a lot of the um guitar and piano and jazz and stuff and he also had a studio because when he retired he kind of he got himself a studio in the 80s with loads of old equipment i should go and get it actually mm-hmm. um and my mum likes to paint and stuff so i've always been around music and uh, i started guitar and bass when i was 14 and then listening to, you know, punk, pop rock, like Sun 41 and stuff like that, and Blink-182. Blink and for life. Just, yeah, just all those, like a, being a teenager thing. And that also, I, I guess, listening to all this stuff has influenced me on the music I make today, even like um, instinctively, you know, I just, I just, yeah, just does it naturally. So knowing, having a musical background definitely helps with my productions because mm. I can hear when things are not in tune I can I feel like I can make kind of melodic tracks and music and stuff so I'm very happy uh, lucky to be able to yeah have the musical background that I've had yeah 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 no definitely I think that's a great place to leave it at uh, I know you have to go so um it was a pleasure chatting with you man pleasure meeting you yeah, best of luck with the album release. Hope it goes well and uh, have fun in, in New Zealand. Thank you very much. Thank you. Send me your um, your Patreon and I'll add you to the Discord server and then um, can uh, you can drop your link on the, on my Discord. <laughs> ah, I'd love to do that. Thanks a lot, man. Cool. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right. All the best, man. Likewise. Thanks for having me.